0: Hello, my name is Norman Graham and I'm a minister in the Baptist Union of Churches in Scotland. The aim of these signposts is to try and connect the text of the Bible with our everyday lives. I want to read a, a few verses from Paul's letter to the Philippians, uh, from chapter 3 and verses 7 to 11. But whatever it was to my prophet, I now consider a loss for the sake of Christ, And the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow to attain the resurrection from the dead. Well, it's fair to say that the Apostle Paul has had a greater impact on our understanding of the gospel of Jesus, what it means to be the church, probably more so than anyone else in church history. Even to this day, the number of books that are, are about Paul, about and, and his writings, and his theology, is staggering. Some of them run into several volumes, and the study of Paul and his theology has been the life's work of many scholars, no, most notably N.T. Wright. We might well wonder why it is that Paul has had such an impact on the development of Christianity and Christian theology. And I think that part of the answer lies in these verses from Philippians. For what they are kind of telling us is that as far as Paul was concerned, the highest pursuit of his life was to know God in Jesus Christ. His whole life was consumed with a passion for knowing Jesus and for helping others to come to know him for themselves. Proverbs 9 and 10 says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. That is in fact the starting point for all of life's other pursuits, at least it ought to be. When David gave his throne to his son Solomon, his primary counsel was that Solomon would know God. He said, As for you, my son Solomon, know the God of your father and serve him with a whole heart and a willing mind. For the Lord searches all hearts and understands every intent of the thoughts. If you seek him, he will let you find him. But if you forsake him, he will reject you forever. Knowing God not only determines the quality of our present life, but also the destiny of of our life in eternity. In John 17 Jesus says now this is eternal life that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Knowing God is greater than any human knowledge or treasure or reward, greater than all the accolades that society could heap upon us. It's greater than all the gold in the Bank of England. It's greater than our personal desires, our opinions and ideas. In fact, if you heap all of those things together, it still amounts, as far as Paul's concerned, to rubbish compared to knowing Christ. Paul was utterly convinced of these truths, so convinced that he literally bet his life on them. Now, that is why he had such an impact. That's why he continues to have such an impact today. And that kind of conviction that he had is in short supply today. Politicians don't so much do U-turns anymore, they just go through a revolving door it seems. So many celebrities post their opinions on social media which they then have to retract saying that they, you know after an uproar by the by members of the public uh, and, and criticism on social media about their post uh, they retract it saying that the post didn't really reflect their true beliefs. In reality of course they're just reacting to a negative public response to what they had to say. Convictions upon which we might build our lives, convictions upon which we would risk our lives, are not so easily dismissed. But we shouldn't assume that because we can verbalise our convictions that they hold true in our everyday lives. Paul did not just believe these things. He staked his life on them and he lived in such a way Um, to prove those convictions, to demonstrate those convictions, regardless of the cost. Two of the most difficulties that churches face today, especially in the West, are a lack of funding and a lack of volunteers. We manage to find uh, money for all the things that we enjoy, for our media toys, but not for mission. We make time for leisure, but not for serving. It's not so much that we don't pursue Christ, but rather that we pursue him alongside multiple other things, what I'm sure uh, the writers of the Bible would say are other idolatries. Knowing Christ and the power of his resurrection isn't really our primary goal. It is a goal, but it's not our primary goal. It's just one of many, and that's the problem. For Paul, it was the overriding goal of his life. Everything else had to serve that goal. He sacrificed everything else in his life for the sake of knowing Christ and living for his glory. Because he, he speaks here not of a, a kind of spiritualized ideal, but rather about his actual present lived experience. Verses 4 to 6 provide the context for verses 7 to 11. For there Paul lists his religious pedigree. And as such, the list, list that he gives would give any Jew spiritual confidence that they were righteous before God, that they had it all. I think it's important, actually, that we pause to, to understand and grasp that the goodness and rightness of Paul's claims about his background, We tend to think that it's the bad things, especially wicked sins, that keep us separated from God. But as far as his fellow Jews were concerned, the things that Paul lists are all good things. He's a Jew. He's a tribe of Benjamin. He's a Pharisee. You know, he he keeps the traditions of of his fathers. He knows the Torah. He seeks to, he sought to obey it. Um, They were all good things, Writing about the idolatry of counterfeit gods, Timothy Keller has noted that absolutely anything can become a god in our lives, an idol. And that includes the good things. The things that, from a human perspective, are noble and right and worthy of pursuit. Paul considered them all as rubbish because he knew that any confidence that they provided about knowing God was a false confidence, for God is known in Jesus Christ through faith. So what Paul is saying here is, yeah, I'm a Jew, I'm from a good tribe, I'm circumcised, I know the Torah, but none of that really gets me right with God, as good as these things are. They're not the most important things. We live in an incredibly discontented world, But contentment is, to a large degree, a matter of perspective. The reason that Paul was content in his circumstances, and remember he was writing from a prison cell, the reason he was content was because the pursuit of knowing Jesus was the greater priority in his life, and he knew Jesus. It's in consciously and constantly acknowledging the supremacy of Christ in all things that will help us to put the all things in proper perspective. Now, if you're not Jewish, you might think that Paul's argument isn't very relevant. Most of us are not coming from a position of having a national religion which competes with Christ. However, there may well be other things that we pursue that compete with Christ for our attention and for the affections of our hearts. If you really want to take hold of Christ, you have to let go of everything else in terms of its priority in your life. Everything that you're putting your trust and confidence in or longing for, you must take hold of Christ alone. And if you have Christ alone, then you have everything. And all these other things are viewed from an entirely different perspective. Paul is warning us here, really, that anything we place our confidence in other than Christ might, no matter how good it is, no matter how desirable it might be, In the end, it might hinder us from gaining Christ. So, in all things in life, in all that we do, in all that we desire, whether good or bad, the only question we really, the fundamental question we need to be asking about it is, how does this help me know Christ better? Because, as far as Paul's concerned, that should be the primary goal of our lives and everything else needs to fit in around that and serve that purpose.